Hello and welcome to VChat number 32. I'm David Davis from VMWareVideos.com and TrainSignal, and this is our special end of the world slash Christmas edition. And I'm uh, Eric Siebert from VSureLand.com. And I'm Simon Seagrave from TechHead.co. Welcome, guys. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, it's been a while. Merry Christmas. Great to be here. Yeah. Wow, yeah, it's been a while, guys. Merry Doomsday, Merry Christmas. Tell you what, all rolled into one. I'm, I'm glad we're still here to uh, actually record this. Yeah, <laughs> always a good thing. Yeah, me too. So, I mean, I, it's actually not um, midnight yet, I guess, where I am. So, mm. but they said it's already the next day in Australia. So, ah. and they're still there. So, sweet. Yeah, and I didn't hear the UPS under my desk go off or anything like that. So, I'm guessing we're all still okay there. So, <laughs> <laughs> like that would be the first sign of the end of the world. The power goes out. <laughs> Yeah, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, make sure my UPS was fully, fully, uh, fully topped up there. Well, you could have tweeted about it, or at least get a blog post up about it. Yeah, I think first I'd get a, 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 you know, SMS message from my network monitoring system that the end of the world is going down. Surely I get some sort of notification like that. You're probably. That's good to know that. Anyway, so uh, what do we got lined up today? We have got some good topics. Um, we can talk about 2012. We can talk about 2013. You know, whatever we want to talk about. Um, <laughs> I guess, uh, Simon, I'll let you kick it off. Yeah, so, well, hey, let's do a recap of 2012. So, um, you know, looking back over the year, uh, what, what, what stood out for you guys? What were some of the, uh, I guess, the highlights or uh, some of the uh, lower points for you guys um, around sort of, you know, IT, the IT industry as a whole? Is there anything that's, that's you know, let, let's put an angle on this, I guess, make it a bit simpler. But, um, you know, was there any particular product or, uh, or anything that came to market that really grabbed your attention there that... Uh, Hang on, the lights have gone off, David. Uh-oh. That's not a good That's sign. sign. <laughs> Uh-oh, my power's out. The end of the world's starting in the Carolinas. We can continue. We're on battery. <laughs> cool. We can still see it. I think we spoke too soon. <laughs> if I drop off, you guys just keep on talking and, and wrap it up. <laughs> and head down okay. to the shelter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Hey, so, um, so 2012, guys. Um, let David, before you drop off the face of the earth, there, let's uh, let's get your thoughts on that. What, what what really stood out for you in the in the IT space? You know, maybe the emergence of a new technology or product, for example. Um, you know, vSphere 5.1 and and the vCloud suite. You know, I think are pretty exciting. Um, I think probably what's more exciting for me though is just the um, the increased competition. I think in the industry, you know, with Windows Server 2012 Hyper-V and you know, I, I think that sort of competition just um, excites people and and gets people talking. So, you know, I think the more excitement and competition, you know, the better off we all are. So um, I guess that was the thing that, that I think about most. Yeah, definitely. And Eric, what about you? Yeah, I thought overall 2012 was a fairly quiet year when you look at what, you know, VMware kind of brought to market. You know, it wasn't a major release year for VMware. Um, they seem to have gone on to this every other year uh, with the major release model now. Um, you know, they did make a, a bit of a splash with 5.1. You know, had some little stuff in it, nothing huge. You know, I think with their... Um, the big thing there was kind of some of their, their, their shift in strategy with their software design data center, um, kind of that, that route that they're going with the um, trying to fulfill that, the storage and the networking pieces by buying uh, Nasira and trying to get that integrated. And then, uh, you know, they've been working on the storage side for a while, and I think next year we'll finally see that come to light. Um, so, you know, like I said, overall, a fairly quiet year, I thought, on the VMware side in that. Um, you know, it wasn't a whole lot that really stood out for me. And, then, you know, I think it was kind of a – business as usual with VMware, they're kind of putting themselves in position to 
you know, really get to that cloud level. I think next year will be a lot more exciting because a lot of these products have been talking about for a while now. Every VMworld have been showing these things that, um, like on the desktop side, we haven't seen them come to light yet. So I think next year is when we're really going to see a lot of good stuff, and next year should be really exciting. Yeah, your Project Horizon stuff. Hey, so one thing you touched on there, Eric, and I mean, uh, I'd love to get your guys' thoughts on this. So the software defines the data center. I mean, you know, we had virtualization a few years back. That was the buzzword. Then we moved to cloud. Then we moved to big data. The, the, the latest buzzword really is all around sort of software-defined data center or SDTC. Um, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? Um, a, a good thing? I mean, for me, I think it's a natural progression. It makes a lot of sense, you know, utilizing this commodity hardware again. I mean, at the end of the day, all these devices, networks, storage or whatever is, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just a piece of 10 running software, right? So, I mean, I guess if you can encapsulate that software and get it running on the commodity hardware, it's got to be good for everyone. I, I would have thought, you know, there's going to be, uh, in theory, cost savings to be had, a lot more efficiencies uh, and what have you. So, uh, yeah, what, do you, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Well, you know, it's always about the software. When you look at the end of the day, what we're trying to do with servers, it's always about software. You know, VMware is a software company. They're not a hardware company. So, of course, they're going to want to maximize their kind of, um, you know, how they do things with software, you know, to the fullest extent. So, um, I think that's just an actual progression for VMware is to move into the software space further with things like storage and networking and that. Um, I, I don't know how successful they're going to be. I think the there is a lot of benefits to doing it on the hardware side, especially with networking and storage. You know, kind of softwareizing the compute stack is pretty easy, but on, on the storage side, um, you know, there's a lot there that storage arrays do, and there's a lot of value add that a storage array does, and, you know, same on the networking side as well. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, once they do bring these products to light, kind of the adoption and usage and kind of the use cases for all these things that they're um, new technology that they're trying to do with software instead of hardware. Yeah, definitely, definitely. What about you, David? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the SDDC concept, I think, is is really cool, and like Eric said, the natural progression for VMware. Um, you know, what a lot of people don't see, I guess, is that it's still so, you know, VMware's solution for it is still so immature, I, I guess, to in in, uh, in terms of fulfilling, you know, everything that a software-defined data center could be. And I think, you know, that's not a surprise to VMware or, or putting them down. Um, but they know they have a lot of different, you know, pieces that over time, the storage piece and the networking piece and um, everything that they can do to sort of, you know, merge vCenter and, and vCloud Director and, and just make these products more mature um, to really fulfill that that SDDC vision they have. So I, I guess, you know, SDDC is a, really a vision for VMware at this point, not, not so much a, a product. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. It's definitely more of a vision, you know, that, that they've, uh, you know, they've put out there. And I, I think, you know, they're obviously they're realistic with it because there aren't too many products at all out there at the moment that could fulfill that. So it's definitely going to be a good year, a couple of years, I think, before it's, uh, hits the mainstream or maturity, uh, you know, that, uh, that, that they're obviously sort of aiming for, you know, across the board or the widespread adoption, probably more to the point. Um, so I guess taking it back to the original question. So, um, yeah, for me, a uh, big thing for 2012, products or technology would probably have to be around uh, solid state. I mean, um, I don't know what it's like in the U.S., but the prices over here in the U.K., um, uh, you know, um, uh, solid state disks have really dropped in price. 
uh, capacities are getting larger. Um, quite often, you know, if you if you look out, you'll quite often get a good price on, uh, you know, a 256 gig SSD, for example. Um, seems to be dropping more and more, uh, definitely in the consumer space. I guess in the enterprise space as well, you know, prices are dropping, capacity is increasing, and uh, you know, we're seeing companies doing some pretty exciting stuff with them now. You know, everything from the uh, from the caching aspect um, through to all the small startups you're seeing around the place now. It's obviously a really hot product, um, and that'll probably go into 2013 as well. So, uh, you know, I've been quite fortunate working for EMC that uh, I've had exposure to uh, a lot of these technologies, and uh, yeah, they've definitely been good, good fun to work with and play with as well. Um, some pretty powerful stuff. Yeah, that's definitely a big one on the storage side. And we're seeing it a lot on the consumer side that, you know, even like laptops these days are pretty much almost standard now, starting to come with SSDs and that, you know, less so on the desktops. But I think more and more, especially next year, we'll, we'll probably start to see a tipping point where SSDs become a lot more commonplace, especially as the cost comes down and that, and the capacities go up. That's always been kind of a limitation there, the capacity side and, and with costs as well. Um, and enterprise side, yeah, like you said, I definitely, I think it's, it plays a key role. And, um, you know, I think in a perfect world, we want all SSDs if they were that cheap and, and reliable and, and the cost was down there and that. So I think um, we'll definitely see a lot more adoption next year and a lot more enterprises strategically using SSDs in their environments to really get that benefits that they, they offer. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. It's made my life a lot easier this year, especially around doing, uh, you know, if I'm doing video de- de- demos, for example, the editing, uh, much, much easier, much more responsive to doing, uh, on SSD and as well as obviously in my home lab here as well, you know, um, I wouldn't say the majority, but uh, definitely my more heavy lifting VMs, you know, my uh, virtual center, uh, VMs, my SQL server VMs, for example, I'm running those on SSD now. Um, and also, I don't, I don't know about you guys, I mean, always, you know, these uh, sort of home commodity sort of uh, components such as SSDs or, or disks in general, I always sort of um, gauge them as to sort of the widespread adoption of them, or at least in, 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 in how I use them, I guess, is, uh, you know, whether I have spares um, around the place at all. And uh, literally the other day I was, I was going through all my components and, you know, I found I had two 64-gig SSDs that I didn't have in a machine and I wasn't utilizing yeah, yeah, I think you're right. If you, uh, you tend to have a lot of, like, I got hard drives laying around in that. And SSDs used to be, you know, they were expensive. So if you bought them, you used them. But like you said, now they've become more commoditized or cheaper. Yeah, yeah. Right? You, so, you, you open up your drawer and you have one sort of sitting yeah. around in there. It, it was the same with, you know, with SATA disks and parallel disks. You know, you, you probably remember the day when, you know, it went from parallel to SATA. And then before you knew it, you know, I'd be hard pushed now to go and find, find a ribbon cable to actually plug in um, yeah. <laughs> into any of my old um, parallel disks I've got. You know, then obviously we're doing the next next transition again across the SSD. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to the prices coming down a bit more. Definitely, SSDs are, I, I'd, I'd never go back. You know, ha, now having one in my desktop and that, um, you know, I'd, I'd never go back to having a normal spinning magnetic drive in my, in my computer once you've had one. No. I mean, I quite like the idea of the hybrid drives. I actually run one, um, well, actually, it's in my uh, Mac Pro now. I mean, it's only a two and a half inch one, but uh, it's one of the hybrid drives there where it's got a mix of, you know, a couple of, uh, couple of gigs of, um, uh, you know, SSD or memory in there, uh, along with the spinning disk as well. So it sort of acts as a large buffer, I guess. Uh, and that, that, that offers pretty good performance, even from a two and a half inch, uh, form factor, uh, yeah. disk as well. Uh, That's definitely comparable, obviously not as fast as an SSD, but, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not too bad. And especially if you want to get something in your laptop there and you can't quite, uh, the budget doesn't quite stretch to, uh, you know, an SSD based disk. What's that Apple drive they have now that they're offering with the new? Is it that that super drive, the one that you're talking about, that hybrid? 
I have a name for it. I forget what the. Ah, oh, that's the that's the Apple one. No, no, I'm just using a. Uh, it's just a normal Seagate one. I can't remember who. It's Seagate, isn't it? Yeah. Momentum. Yeah, they've been making. Them yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I've got. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I've been using. Um, I found it quite uh, successful. I don't know anything about the Apple one. I mean, I did read it a little bit about it when they announced it, but uh, I haven't heard too much more about that since. Yeah, they're expensive. I know that. Yeah, yeah. As is everything Apple. <laughs> I tell you, talking of expensive though. I mean, uh, here we go. So I've I've finally taken the plunge. So uh, I bought myself like a little uh, little iPad Mini here. So um, for the last couple of years, I've been using a Gen 1, um, and I'm sure, part of the conspiracy theory, I'm sure every update that Apple pushes out, they uh, they put a sort of a, a software handbrake on the older models, so, uh, you know, that uh, compels you to go out and buy or update your, your iPad. So I've taken the plunge anyway. Uh, when I was over in the States uh, for Thanksgiving, I was uh, fortunate, fortunate enough to get my hands on one, um, and I've got to say, absolutely love it. Great, great form factor. When you're lying in bed, for example, um, Really, really, uh, you know, you can hold it in one hand, for example, okay. like so. Uh, so it's like reading like a small paperback book. Um, going from Gen 1 to this, this latest version, I mean, everyone that's had a Gen 2 or, you know, the, the later models or the larger ones will be used to this magnetic cover. That's, yeah. that's my only complaint. I thought I'd like it. But, uh, you know, especially if you are sitting somewhere or you're lying in bed with it, I mean, I find it clips off all the time and uh, uh-huh. makes it quite hard to hold. So uh, that's my only complaint with it. But uh, like I say, lovely form factor, nice and quick. Um, yeah, so pretty, pretty, pretty happy with, uh-huh. with that. Uh, I'm just getting one because I really enjoy the Apple for, you know, consumption things. I got the, the Gen 3 one and that, so, and it is kind of big. It's good for some things, but there's other times I'd like to have that smaller form factor with me. Um, so I, I think I'll probably end up eventually getting one in that. I went the opposite way with the phone. I finally did see iPhone after three of them and went with the, the Samsung Galaxy S3. And uh, no regrets wow. at all in that. So, um, But on the tablet side, I cool. the iPad is definitely, I think, the, my favorite device for, for using in that form factor. Yeah, I mean, I was going to make the jump across to Nexus um for my next tablet, but uh, over here in the UK, they, they proved to be quite hard to get hold of. Um, I, I wanted the one with the uh, cellular uh, capability in it as well. Okay. So uh, they're still very, very hard to get over here, and it just so happens, like I say, I was in the States, and um, I was fortunate enough to walk into an Apple store that actually carried stock. So, uh, oh, cool. so uh, yeah, I'll be sticking with this for the next couple of years. Um, yeah. And then uh, it'll be interesting to see what they'll have in, uh, at that point when I go to refresh again. Yeah. It's not Retina right now, is it? No, it's not that there is. There is a bit of speculation online that there may be a Retina Mini coming out, but okay. I don't know. It seems to, they seem to be pretty divided on it. Some people think, yeah, it's on its way. Other people said, look, you know, because of the extra uh, CPU horsepower you need and the uh, extra battery requirements for powering the Retina screen, they don't seem to think at this stage that you could get it into the Mini form factor. But uh, who knows? You know what it's like. There's all these rumors flying around. I think the big thing was cost. They wanted to drive that price point down because. They got two products that are bookmarked by the, the iPod Touch and the iPad, the full size. Price-wise, they want to fit that on the lower end to compete with those 7-inch Android tablets. Um, so I think it's another decision was the Retina display costs more, and um, they don't want to drive that price point up at this point. I've been looking at the, the iPod Touches are pretty cool too, but they cost more than the iPad Mini in that. I'd like to see that price come down. Those are pretty cool mm-hmm. devices. 
That's the attractive thing with the Mini. And I mean, to be honest with you, would I want to pay a bit extra to get a Retina screen even if I could? Probably not. I mean, the screen's really, really crisp on it. And okay. I, I, I think it'll be a bit overkill. I mean, it's a tablet at the end of the day, right? And I mean, okay, you know, the screen's going to be a lot crisper, a lot more high res and everything. But, you know, for what the average person such as myself yeah. uses it for, and you know, email, a bit of web browsing, watching movies. Yeah, you know, you, you don't really need the Retina, in my opinion, anyway. And I think the larger you go, the more impact the Retina has on that smaller form factor. Or you, let, you notice it less because it is a smaller screen. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's that's been my uh, big purchase. That's cool, man. Well, don't don't tell my wife, but her surprise Christmas gift is over here in the closet, uh, and it's an iPad okay. Mini. So, uh, sweet. But I'll, I'll get to play with it, I'm sure. So, very nice. I don't have yeah. this before Christmas. And then I got so. my. Yeah, I, I, won't, <laughs> I won't let her watch it before Christmas. Because um, <laughs> she's a big fan. No, she's she's really not. Um, but I got my, my three-year-old son one of those Nabby tablets, oh, uh, Eric, that you suggested at one point. Yeah. You got two of those? You like them? Yeah, they're okay. They got the, I got the first generation one. Um, they had some issues. Um, like the chargers both failed within the first month. I think it was a known issue. They sent me new chargers. Um, you can't, I wish you could do more, add some more apps from the Android market. You can kind of hack your way into that. Um, there's a, a way to do that. But I'd like to have access to the full Android experience on them instead of that. You know, it's nice having that kid interface. But when you go into that, that mommy mode, they call it, it's nice to be able to have the full function of Android and the app store and that to put other stuffs on that you can't get through the, the normal channels and the interface that they have. But overall, I think it's, yeah, it's a good tablet. There's a couple clones out there now. If you go, you'll probably see oh, at yeah. least three other clones uh, of that concept for kids and that. Uh, but I think they're good for, uh, and my kids play with all that stuff all the time. So I think it's good. You know, it's a great for, you know, kid, even down to the age of, you know, one, two year old, I think you can still, um, they can get some usage out of some of those apps that are really geared towards those younger kids and really help in their development. Mm. You can even watch Netflix on it. Yeah. yeah and that's cool. I ended up getting the net, the net two for 139 bucks. Oh, wow. So uh, oh, that's, that's yeah, pretty good. Really cheap. Hey, speaking of Netflix, though, I've I got, I got to tell you, you guys in the States have got a much better selection on Netflix than we do here in the UK. Uh, I think I've mentioned this before, but it's, uh, yeah, we have the occasional sort of semi-recent movies on there, but Netflix in the UK is, uh, is more like a 1990s back catalogue huh. uh, more than anything, interlaced with the occasional uh, with the occasional semi-modern movie on it. Okay. Um, it. It is getting better over time, but, uh, you know, when I'm in the States, if I, if I log into my 